Welcome to Coaching with Catherine, the podcast on defining success on your own terms. My name is Catherine Lavenhagen. The first Friday of every month, you will get a new podcast to support you in making life mean more and building a life you're proud to live. Today's episode is with Cameron Ahmed. Think Deepak Chopra. Yes, this is who Cameron reminds me of in this interview. Cameron has a way of combining a deep wisdom and a genuine compassion in a way that is disarming and incredibly grounding. Our interview left me feeling peaceful and inspired. Cameron currently resides in Redwood City, California, but has taken an interesting journey to get there. He was born in Saudi Arabia and then spent some time living in Pakistan and Dubai before landing in California. Cameron's background is in organizational development, and he is currently pursuing his passion of developing leaders through coaching. Come join me to learn how Cameron uses presence to manifest his deepest desires. So today, um, for our podcast on for the month of December, I have Cameron Ahmed with me. And um, Cameron and I met during CTI's leadership program that we completed in September. So, no, we completed it in June. Yeah, in June. So Cameron and I have kept in touch, and it's, he's like such a um, special soul in terms of our connection and just his, uh, his warmth and genuineness and professionalism. I really uh, was excited for Cameron to be on um, today to, to have a discussion with him and learn more about what he's up to in the world. So that being said, Cameron, um, I'd like for you just to kind of start by telling the listeners like a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you live, anything about your background that you feel like would be important for people to know. Well, thanks, Catherine. It's, it's such a pleasure to have, um, uh, to being interviewed by you, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a real honor, I'm going to say, and, uh, and thanks for inviting me, and uh, it's, it's hard to say no to you, you're such an amazing soul, and, and such a like, warm and powerful person you are, and uh, you're so championing and, and so um, loving, this is, this is so great about you. Um, I, was, um, I was born in Saudi Arabia, and um, while being an expat, so my dad was working for uh, Aramco, the biggest oil company in the world at that time. It was um, it was uh, managed by the American administration back in the seventies. So uh, my dad used to work there, and um, I was born, and then I lived my childhood there for almost like uh, twelve years. I studied in American school in the beginning, uh, and um, and then my family moved to. Uh, Pakistan and I lived there for some years and then I graduated from uh, in business studies I did my MBA from there and then gradually I moved to um, I moved to Dubai for 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 work for opportunities so but it's been like you know kind of like a different geography that I experienced um, in my life and then I work in Dubai as a learning and development professional for seven years, and then I moved to California. And right now I am living in Redwood City, California. It's a really beautiful place. There are trees that are like around 300 years old and even more than that. And it's such an amazing place and a beautiful nature. I love nature and um, 
here I am. So I'm learning. What, what was the city again? I I couldn't hear when you the said Redwood it. City. Redwood City. Okay. The Redwood City, California. Yeah. So that's where all the redwood trees are. Yeah, I mean, besides they have mirrors in the northern San Francisco, they have the whole park reserve. Like those trees are a million years old. I've been to that place. Such an amazing place. Such a beautiful energy, and then uh, it's 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 a, it's it's kind of it's something like really mesmerizing about that place. Like you hug, I'm a tree hugger, so I hug the tree, and then <laughs> I feel the energy, like you know, going like having the whole million years of wisdom being transferred in me, and then. I know, like so. Yeah, so well, it that, sounds like you're living in the perfect place then, for if you love nature and love trees. Yeah, I feel so blessed and so lucky that I live in that place. Yeah. So I'm I'm sorry I interrupted your train of thought. I think, but you were saying you moved you moved there recently, like within the last six months. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I I moved here uh, this year in March. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. It, I knew. I know it's been re, a recent transition for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What What's your um? What has the transition brought in terms of like your work? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Well, I, well, my family have have been living. My siblings have been living in the states for some time, and uh, and I, I was like working from Dubai, and I was like traveling the world I've been to Europe and some other places for pleasure and also for uh, for business for both purposes and um, but I always had a longing to like live with my family like live with my sibling close by so I can see them on holidays and then you know we can spend some time uh, so that was something I was missing and well I just uh, my application got processed and then I moved here and then here I am yeah, so I, I love how you've really created um, what you want for yourself. And this podcast is about defining success on your own terms and creating that for yourself. And, and I see you as somebody who is very intentional about how you live your life and not just the type of work that you do or that you're pursuing, but also like you just said, moving so that you could be close to your family because it sounds like your family is really important to you. Yeah, that's right. Yes, family is important to me, have always been important to me. And I always say that uh, for me, I think the family always comes first. So I, I'm a biggest believer of work-life balance. I say like, you know, I mean, people must give their 100% when they're at work, when they're doing their job, when they're pursuing their goals. But at the same time, I also advocate that they also need to give their 100% when it comes to family in terms of their time and then their attention. The most important thing I say is the attention, mental mm -hmm. attention, giving to your family. In terms of time, sometimes it's hard to balance the time because most of the time we spend at a workplace and we have a few hours to spend with the family. But when we are there with the family, we have to be 100% there. That's so important, I think, especially like now. Um, my husband and I don't have kids, as you know, but even with my husband, like making a point, like when he's home to like be fully present with him and, you know, asking him questions about his day and, um, not checking out, you know, mentally and thinking about all the other stuff I have to get done or being on my phone and, you know, looking at Facebook or my email. It's like, I feel like there's so many distractions and not, not even distractions, but so many 
things that are like pulling our attention Mm -hmm. that I think it takes a level of intentionality to really be, be fully present with whatever you're doing, whether it's work or with your family. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. That's the key. I mean, you just, you just, uh, pick the cherry, like, uh, the presence, you know, that's, that's the, that's, that's the key. Um, being present with yourself, with your surroundings, with, the situation you are in with the role that you're playing in your life. So that's what we actually, I'm going to say like, that's the art of manifestation. I mean, if someone mm-hmm. wants to manifest something and you were bringing that thing earlier like, about like pursuing goals and then, you know, creating something for yourself. So I got to say you can create anything you want in your life. Once you have presence in your life, that is, that is my secret. I mean, that's something I learned in the leadership course, which I was, um, like, you know, partnering, uh, with so many people and I learned the, the presence is the key, um, in manifesting anything in your life. Yeah. I love what you're pointing at. And I, I really experience you, you in particular is being very present. Like when we're having a conversation or, you know, doing something together, I feel like you're a hundred percent there with me. And I think it has the impact of making me feel really seen and heard and in relationship with you. Like, you know, that if I'm talking, you're listening and we're going to have dialogue and you're going to support me. But I'm curious, like, what does presence mean to you? Well, the presence for me, in just one word I say is slow down, slow down for a moment, take a pause take a deep breath and sense what's going on around you. What's happening around you? What's happening with the people? What's happening to the space? And really drop any thought in your mind that time, like something is going on in your head, something is going on. So I say like, you know, just drop those thoughts and just sink in what is going on in that moment with you. So that is the real essence of presence. And then this is something that a lot of people do that in retreats and then they do a lot of meditation. Um, but this can be expanded and you can be present when you are at work. Especially, I mean, presence is so required when you are listening. When you're having a conversation, when you're having a dialogue, when you're having a negotiation. So that's the time when listening is very important that you are not listening in terms of what you're going to say next. You're listening to really understand what is in the space, what the person is trying to say. And then you can come up with what you want to say and what you have to say. So that is really important. Like, I mean, presence, you bring presence in listening. You bring presence in speaking when you're talking. So you can notice the arcs there. Like, you know how, I mean, I can give an example of stand-up comedian. I think they are the best people who can actually sense their audience there in the room. When they are talking, they sense like, you know, it's kind of the arc is going long and people are getting bored. They're they're yawning. The energy is dropping. They can sense the room and they do something to lift the energy and bring back the spark in the room. So, you know, like, so they have a lot of presence. I mean, I got to say, I don't know how they do that. It's part of their training, but this is something we also need in our spaces, in our meeting rooms, in our corner meetings, or 
when you're having a conversation in our relationship anywhere, is like sensing the space, what's going on and what need, space needs from us. Yeah, even as you're ta- even as you were just talking, I was noticing like how I everything was slowing down internally. Like I'm feeling much more settled and aware and relaxed. And so the impact of like just you being present as you were speaking and connecting with what was really true for you and what what you felt like was wanting to come out of you. It, it impacted me and making me feel more calm and, and connected to like the space that we're both in right now. Well, that's the key. And you can expand it on like, once you get this thing and then you can start expanding it and then using it in your, like, it's, it's kind of, I mean, metaphorically, metaphorically speaking, it's kind of superpower. Like, you know, you have mm. superpower and then you can use that power to, to save the world. You can use the power to, you know, like to, destroy the world or something. I mean, it's up to you. So I say, I mean, having presence is always like something that will give you a higher purpose. And then you will be able to see things that you're not able to see right now. And you're not present. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, how does it, um, you, you made the comment that you feel that manifesting anything that you want is tied directly to like presence. Mm-hmm. So how are they related? Well, they are really closely related. Um, first, the first thing is what you really want for yourself. That's where the manifestation starts. Because a lot of time we are, we want something that are being influenced by the surrounding, by the environment. And we see a lot of TV ads and then they make us feel less. You don't have this thing. You don't have this thing. You don't have. You need, I'm no offense to, to any advertising or marketing uh, field, but I'm just saying that um, sometimes I feel those ads are kind of making us like, you know, less, you know, I, so, and then that creates a drive, which is not a genuine drive, which is not the drive that we need. Uh, I mean, what I'm trying to say is really try to understand what do you need and what do you want? And sometimes what we want is different than what we need. and when we are present with ourselves, we get the awareness of what we need rather than what we want. And that's where the real manifestation starts because I believe in law of attraction and I believe that we attract what we want, what we like, what we desire, what we need. But again, sometimes our needs and wants are not aligned and that's where we don't attract things in our life. So it's really important to know what you really need. Once you have that awareness, what you need, then that's a time when you are present with you, with your surrounding, you start paying attention to the particles, to the resources, to the building blocks of those things that you can bring together and you can manifest things that you want. And a lot of time, when we are not present with that thing, we don't pay attention to those things. And then in the end, we ignore, and then we ignore those resources that we can be, we can, you know, deploy and then utilize to make things happen in our life. So it's it sounds a bit, very theoretical and very spiritual at the same time it's really pragmatic yeah it's like as you were talking i was getting the image of like a magnet and the magnet being like really your desire like your your the desire that's coming from like a deeper place within yourself yeah and that when you're clear on that then it's it's like sends out a signal like the, the clarity 
that that you have de- depends on how strong the signal is. Yeah. Like, so the more clear you are, the stronger signal that you have. And so it's almost like antennas as you're moving through your life, you, they like kind of go off and, and trigger like, Oh, pay attention to this. Cause this is yeah. really important. But if you're not connected with that, that desire, that longing, not from a, egoic place but from like a very it is like a spiritual place i think um then you you miss all of the clues that are out there all the things that come in your life that actually are pointing you in the direction that you need to go you're not aware of those things yeah yeah i love the, i love the metaphor that you're bringing the the magnet and the antenna I and mean, that's exactly that's exactly it is i mean if the antenna is not strong enough in its own it's not going to catch any, any wave, you know, like any, um, if anything is, is out there. So like our internal antenna has to be aligned with presence, you know? And then again, as you said, like if, when we strip off, like, um, you know, the ego is not there and we kind of really step into our authentic self and we are like honoring our values. And that is a time and we say, okay, from that space, what I need for myself, what do I want for, like, what do I, what do I, you know, like manifest for myself. And from that point, yes, exactly. You get like a special goggles in your eye then you start seeing things different. Mm-hmm. You start like, okay, I think this is something I can do. And then this is something, oh wow, this I can, I can actually bring that thing together and bring the other thing together. And then we can, so the manifestation, like, you know, bringing, I mean, I'm going to say the integration part is on us. Like we can do the integration, but First thing is the noticing how, if you don't notice things, you will not be able to integrate things together. And then that's how the, the whole manifestation takes place. So if there, you know, if there's someone listening to this now and um, I'm noticing if I'm distracted a little bit, I have the window open and there's all these birds that are like going from the telephone line down to the grass and then back up and they're like flying in this big, pack <laughs> it's, it's really quite beautiful and I, I think it's very fitting for what we're talking about because they're not they don't have any gps or guidebook but they're sensing and you know connecting with each other to know where to go yeah. and how to move yeah and i think that's what you're talking about it's something that's like a sixth sense so to speak like a a knowing that comes from a different place than like our brain that's right yeah exactly i mean like the bird just came here uh for a reason you know to support <laughs> our conversation i i say that there are no accidents in this world everything happens for a reason and that's where the when you have the presence you kind of reach to the reason when we don't have a presence we kind of shut down and we say you know why me we start playing victim or something i think what i say yeah so the birds have senses we humans, we also have senses, but we also have cognition. That, I mean, birds don't have the cognition. We do have the cognition. Sometimes we overuse cognition. And we kind of, like, you know, um, not let our senses to tell us what we feel, what we sense. And that's where the, what you're saying, the birds, I mean, they have the greatest senses. You know, they can sense the weather. They can sense the light. They can sense the, the temperature. They can sense the food. You know, like... And they have like such a beautiful integration. If you talk about birds, I see them every day in the morning when I go for a walk. I see those beautiful birds, like, you know, they are 
the whole, um, you know, like um, the whole group is actually flying and then they move from different geography and then winter they are in different places and then summer they are in different places. So that is like even bird have that kind of a sense that they can sense the space and then they can like, you know, do accordingly. The problem happens when we let our ego take over everything. When our desires are driven by ego, when our wants are driven by ego, when our life is driven by ego, that's where the problem starts happening because then ego takes over everything and we don't listen to it. Yeah, we're guided by our ego instead of like from a place of what's wanting to happen, like what is how is life wanting to move through our physical form and manifest in this in this world? Because as you and I both know, I think that um, it can take you in places that you would rather not like your ego does not actually want to go. <laughs> and yet, you know, like deep down this is where I need to go. This is where I need to be. This is what I need to do, even though I don't really want to do it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I was, uh, I was reading a book and there was a story of uh, uh, like there was a Christmas Eve and in a church, there was one guy who was like in his seventies and he was sitting alone and next to him, there was a small kid sitting and then he was talking to him that I miss my grandchildren on the Christmas Eve and, and it's such a it's such a family time and I don't I don't I don't actually have my grandchildren here with me. So the kid asked him like, okay, so where are your grandchildren? He said he lives he they live with my son. And I'm not uh, in I'm not in, you know with my son I'm not in a good terms because we kinda we started speaking like you know a few years ago we had a huge argument and then we stopped talking. So so then the kid asked, like, so did you ever call your son? Um, he said, no, I didn't call him because I'm scared that if I call him, he will probably not listen. He'll probably not talk and he'll probably, you know, like hang up, he'll probably hang up the phone. And um, I'm scared of that thing. So that's what we call the fear of failure, a fear of, you know, like, like, you know, getting hurt. So the kid says that, you know what? And now you're beating yourself sitting in a church and you're thinking that, you know, you're missing your children, you're missing your son. And in the Christmas Eve time, do one thing. Just bring your courage, pick up the phone, make a call, talk to your son. If he listens, if that's perfect. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get to see your family. If he doesn't listen, if he doesn't respond, you're not going to beat yourself. You're not going to make yourself responsible for the whole situation because then you are already done your part. It's your son who's not doing his part. So you're off the book and that will give you a lot of freedom, a lot of satisfaction. All right. So he did that. And the next morning when kid woke up and then he saw from his window, that old guy was actually receiving his son and grandchildren and the joy and the happiness in his face was unbelievable. I mean, this is, this is a small story. So yeah, that's it's beautiful. Like, yeah. It's a beautiful example of this, like how that we have to get past our own ego a lot of times in order to do what we really want or create what we really want. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and, and the feed of ego is fear. The fear makes ego big. A lot of people think that ego is kind of a show of power, the show of... Um, 
is a demonstration of like strength actually is a demonstration of weakness. Yeah, it's like a demonstration of fear. Yeah. Because the more, the more, um, yeah, it's almost like fear and ego are um, directly correlated in the sense of like when the fear is tightened, then ego tends to go up. Yeah. And unless you have another way of managing it, like present, like you're talking about, like presence, because that can cut through the ego and help help a person connect with actually what's underneath yeah. the fear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the biggest gift of presence is it converts the ego system into ecosystem. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. So what, what um, in your own life, if you're willing to share, what are you working on right now? I'm working doesn't feel like the right word, but like, what is wanting to what are you wanting to create for yourself? Well, first of all, I, what I do and what I'm creating for myself is to really, really go deeper in presence. So I meditate every day. I read a lot of stuff around presence. I practice uh, some presence too, like, you know, really dropping my thoughts and then being fully present and then not doing anything, you know, like for 15, 10 minutes, not doing anything. Or if I'm doing anything but not thinking something in my head, if there is any thought comes, I drop it immediately. So I can really practice presence because uh, once you get the presence, it can go away. I mean, unless you keep practicing it, because your muscles will be will be loosened up if you don't practice those, uh, you know, the, the meditation I'm talking. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing I'm working that I'm actually working for myself and I want for myself is I really want to expand this whole concept of you know ecosystem versus ecosystem i would like to replace the ecosystem with ecosystem and i would like to say like you know the whole transformation in this world especially on the positions of leadership like both organizational leadership political leadership uh, social leadership family leadership like leadership in any kind of form because i believe that everyone is a leader of their own life and they make decisions for their own life so that makes everybody a leader. So I would like to see that shift and that change is coming in this world. And I would like to, to play my part, um, you know, in, in that, in that, in that quest. That's my, that's my biggest long. And that's my question that I'm working on and creating some workshops around it and then designing my coaching sessions and then something like around. So there's, there's a lot of work going on and I'll probably talk about it some of the time, you know, like specifically about my work. So maybe down the line, if we ever get a chance to have another uh, talk, so we'll do that. Yeah, I would love that. Because what I'm hearing you say is that you see like yourself supporting people and stepping into their own leadership. Like you see yourself as being a support in some way, whether it's like a coach or a consultant or just an encourager or a mentor, but you're really seeing your role as like being of service to people and stepping into their own leadership. And, and not just like, like a leader, uh, I mean, per se, I mean, we have this only one dimensional leader, which is like from top to bottom, like, you know, the flow of leadership goes from top to bottom. I believe that 
it's a multi-dimensional leadership approach that I uh, I'm advocating, and I'm saying that like people sometimes they don't need to be at the front all the time. They can actually take a step back and then let other people like you know shine. And that, I think that's more like empowering approach of leadership. Because when we step back, so that's the time when we are actually unfolding our ego and then we are just stepping back and then letting other people shine. So that is, and coming from the space of strength, not coming from the space of fear, if other people shine, we will not be seen, we will not be, you know, like visible. So like, I got to say, like claiming your spot versus yours, but do not overclaim your spot. You know, so like let other people shine too. So this this is the approach of leadership I am like working on. And then there's a lot to talk about this approach. I mean, there's this this, this just a just a tip of the iceberg. There's a lot in that, and when we have the chance and time, we can explore that in in uh, in details. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. I think I agree. There's so much there to go into, and it would I feel like invite a whole nother conversation. To have that discussion. So definitely would like to um, have another follow-up with you in a few months and see kind of what is new in your world in terms of like what you're creating and manifesting and yeah. how it's impacting those around you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Right now, a lot of things are under marination. So there is the things are in the phrase, they're being marinated. Once I cook them and they're ready, I will <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> So in the meantime, like, yeah, how are you, I know for myself, like it can be the, the period of that manifesting can, I I feel like it requires patience to like have a longer vision and realize like that things need time. And like you said, I love the metaphor of marinating, but that if you push something, Mm -hmm. it, you know, you risk it like losing whatever that is so how do you how do you um what supports you in like doing that and in being patient and thinking like longer term well first of all it's like um you know um the ability to see what serves the environment you know what i'm doing what is good for the like because if people think that what is good for me just me that's where you are narrowing your vision when you expand your vision what is good for us what is good for the space what is good for the organization what's good for the society what's good for the family that's where you start expanding your vision so the vision can only be expanded when you think not only about yourself but also think about others that are in your um in your circle the second thing is I would say consistency with your with your manifestation. Something that whatever you do in a smaller amount, you have to do it consistently. I mean, whatever you're manifesting, so it has to be consistent and I mean that 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 requires a lot of persistence. I mean you need to like, you know, there are gonna be setbacks, there are gonna be some obstacles on your way, and then um, you might not be able to uh, handle them really well, but you need to be strong to handle them. And the most important thing is not being scared of taking a step forward. You know, taking a strong step is always better than taking no step. I always say that. 
taking a wrong step is always better than taking a no step because that wrong step will probably not give you immediate result, but that will definitely gonna open a door or create an awareness around what you can do next, what you can do different. So when you ask this question to yourself, what you can do different, that's where, oh wow, I did that, that didn't work. What is it that I can do different? So that curiosity of doing something different and trying different things will actually gonna eventually open doors for you what you would like to create for yourself. I love that. And it's reminding me of the leadership program that we went through when our one of our leaders, Karen, would say, if you don't know what to do, just do something. <laughs> like something is always better than nothing. Than nothing, yeah. Because it creates an energy. It's like something, doing something is going to create some kind of like, it's going to stir the pot. It's going to yeah. create some kind of reaction that you you have more to work with than if you're just in like kind of the status quo or complacency where nothing, like there's no energy, nothing's moving. It's like, it's hard to really create from that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so remember I love the, what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I remember the time when you're, you're talking about Karen and, um, and during the, one of the exercises we were doing in the leadership program. And, and she said, he said, she's exactly, exactly, exactly said that. Cameron, if you don't take a step forward, you'll be stuck there forever in your life. So that was really deep and profound when she said that. And I was like blown away with what, because it was just an exercise. But the part was, if you don't, step, don't take a step forward, you will be stuck there forever. So be courageous, be open, be curious, be foolish. You know, it's okay if you fall, if you, it's okay if people laugh at you, it doesn't matter, you know? So if you are courageous, open, and like, you know, I would say foolish and crazy in trying different things, try different things. You know, I mean, I love the Steve Jobs story of when he said that when he was fired from uh, Apple back in 90s and then he, um, he got into calligraphy. He learned a lot about calligraphy. He learned a lot about art. And then he created a movie, uh, a, a company called Pixar. And, um, and that movie, like, you know, made the first animated uh, movie, uh, Toy Story, you know, like back, that came in 1995. And then after that, when he returned to Apple as a CEO, he brought that experience. He brought that learning that he had in terms of calligraphy, in terms of graphics, in terms of designing. And when he came in Apple, he created a wonder. And that is the iPhone, because that phone has not, is not only a technological device, but also a graphic device. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful colors and in movies. And I mean, I'm not a really tech guy, but I know some stuff about it. But that was like beautiful. So what he did, he integrated his tech experience, his tech exposure with the experience that he had in between the time when he was not working with Apple. So it doesn't matter. I mean, if you have a bit of detour in your life and you're pursuing some goals and you kind of, whatever happens in your life, there's setback, there's something always there to learn. So pick those spots, pick those sweet spots and then integrate them. I love, I mean, I think that's why I really love connecting with you because you, you just have this way of looking at life that's so um, positive and optimistic and like there's a resiliency about you where you it's like you don't spend time getting angry or mad you just 
kind of like pick yourself up and look around like, okay, what's here? What, what am I going to create? And then you work to create what you want. And um, I think it's so inspiring. Yeah. That's, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, your call, like your lovely acknowledgement. Uh, I really appreciate that you see it in that way. I, I, I say like, you know, I mean, we are sometimes so much driven by goals and then we kind of forget to enjoy the journey. So we should give ourselves permission to enjoy the journey while we are pursuing our goals because sometimes there is a lot to see and experience in the journey and there's a lot of fulfillment in the journey than the goal, you know. So allow yourself. Yeah, so how do you, like, are there certain things that you do or you enjoy doing that help you to enjoy the process? Well, previously I was a very goal-driven person. Like I was strict to the goal. I was did not look anything. I was like really hard focused guy. Now I have a bit of soft focus. So I yeah I look at the goal, but I'm pursuing. But I also pay, pay, I pay attention to what's around me. And um, this is a kind of an exercise uh, you can probably do like a kind of soft focus exercise. Like when you see one object, so try to see a, an object or something behind that object, and then coming back your attention to that object, and then look behind, and then coming back. So it's kind of it's just a small practice when you do that. So that kind of create a, a, a soft focus for you. And that will probably open a lot of things for you and you can start seeing things differently, you know, and then that's, you'll, you'll be able to do a lot of things actually, you know, like it's kind of, it's kind of strip off your, your blindfold that we are putting in our, in front of our eyes and we don't see things that way. So. Yeah. I love what you're saying. Cause it, it's like really pointing at if you're not paying attention to the things around you or like having that soft focus or the ability to like shift your focus from being, you know, um, like narrow or hard to like soft, then you could miss like clues and signals that maybe are suggesting that you should change your focus or that actually that goal is not going to get you where you want to go. You should, you know, course correct. Like you, you're going to miss that if you don't have like a softer focus. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And there's sometimes there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of richness in those things that we miss out because of our hard focus and we just be a bit of soft focus. And I'm not undermining the value of hard focus. We do need hard focus at times when we are doing some intense task and sometimes mm -hmm. we're really specific to something. So yeah, we do need a hard focus at times. But I'm saying like, you know, expanding our range in terms of having a hard focus and having a soft focus, you know. So time, at time we have hard focus, at time we have soft focus. So both are equally uh, valuable for us. But all the time you're having a hard focus, sometimes because of that, we miss out like a lot of things that we can see through soft focus. Yeah, and probably the same way, like if all the time you have a soft focus, then maybe you don't get anything done because you, you know, you're too much in the bigger picture and not enough in the details. So it's like that balance of like, um task versus kind of like bigger picture yeah being able to shift yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah exactly i love yeah. that yeah i mean it's like a combination i mean um like not too not too drawn into like you know i mean not take a long detour that you really lost lose the path and then you're not nowhere near the highway but i'm saying that keep going in the highway but like, you know, just pay attention around what's around you, what are the things that you're noticing. And then maybe 
like not now. Maybe you don't need them now. You may need them later, but you're going to have in your memory, you're going to have in your mind and you can be, you know, you can bring those resources when you need them. Hey, yeah, I've seen something right there and then I can bring that here. Yeah, yeah, like when you need it, like maybe you pass a grocery store and then you remember there's a grocery store there. So exactly. yeah. at some point you're going to, you need milk and you're like, oh, I remember that that I, grocery store. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Yeah. Yeah. Or you see an accident ahead and you just decide, okay, this was the, you know, the itinerary to go through this town, but now I'm seeing there's you know, an, an accident. So I'm going to make a detour because I don't want to sit in traffic. Yeah. For yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's exactly what happens a lot. I mean, this, those are the small examples that you're saying, beautiful examples, small examples teach us like how we can navigate our life, you know, and, and someone is saying like, you know, okay, I'm going to go straight because this is the path. This is the GPS saying, and there's an accident in front of you and you can see there, the, the road is blocked. There's no car moving in front of you and you're still going there. So that's where your hard focus and you're looking ahead, you're not looking here and there, and then you don't take a detour and then you gotta, you'll be stuck in the traffic for hours, you know? But if you just take a detour and you just, you know, bypass that pass and then you change the direction on the way, this is what we call like, um, I mean, the, the way improv players do, you know, like there's a lot of improvisation in our life. The thing is a combination of improvisation and script. So that's where the life actually goes along. Yeah, and it requires like, trusting yourself. I think as you were talking, I was thinking like to be able to do that, you have to actually trust your intuition and your sense of things. And so if you're so disconnected from that, because you either live in your head or you've just been kind of operating on autopilot for your whole life, like yeah. that muscle isn't developed. And so taking like small like steps to actually rebuild that that muscle so that when you when you need it you have it yeah that's right that's right i mean yeah there's a lot of i mean the neuroscience has already proved that i mean we have a lot of uh stuff in our gut i mean in terms of the the, the intelligence part and like you know the that gut feelings that sometimes we have and we make decisions based on that most of the time those decisions are right you know then we sometimes make our decision from our head because the head is very, and, and, and in our head, we most of the time we use the left brain, which is really analytical, which is like two plus two uh, brain. And, and then we don't allow our right brain, which is more creative and, uh, you know, like to, to make such decisions. So, yeah, just a combination of both. Both. And yeah, so it's like, I mean, we have resources. Again, I'm saying the, 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 the word here is the integration. Mm-hmm. We got we to integrate these resources. That's the key. So I love that. you have this, you have that, you know, you have left brain, you have right brain, you have intuition, you have judgment, you have analysis. I mean, you have data, you have guts, you have everything, you know, so just integrate. You know, Use it all. Use it all. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. There's a reason we have both a right brain and a left brain. I exactly. mean, created with both, they both serve a purpose. So it's, I love what you're saying. Cause it's not, it's not like saying one way is right. Or one thing is right. It's like, there's all of these things and balance and like incorporating all of them and, and like kind of like a toolbox, like taking out the hammer when you need a hammer and a saw when you need a saw, but you have yeah. it all. Yeah. You have it all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have the whole toolbox in your, with you and then you can use whatever the tool is required at time. So you, you don't, you don't have like this. Okay. Oh, I didn't have this tool. I didn't have the, 
uh, you know. So, I mean, you can, you've got all the tools in your toolbox. So that's the that's key. Yeah, I love that. So I, I want to, um, I'm cognizant of the time and really appreciate you taking the time today to um, talk to me and to our listeners. And I guess I want to end with a question and just ask you, like, what, what do you want to offer? Like, what last piece of, last words of wisdom do you want to offer people based on your own experience, um, your own leadership journey and where you are today? Huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna name four values, and I'm gonna I'm gonna request people to honor those values as much as they can in their lives, and their life will be different from now on. If they're already honoring, that's great. They're already on the right path. If they're not, try to honor those values. First, compassion. You know, have have a big heart. You know, feel for other people. Have compassion. Two, courage. Have a courage to take step forward. You know, sometimes you're scared, you're fearful, you don't take step forward. Have a courage to take for, step forward, try different things, you know, like follow your bliss. That requires courage. Clarity. Have clarity around you when you speak. Speak from the point of clarity, that you are creating clarity. You're, you know, when we talk, so the idea of talking is I am clearing the mess i'm cleaning the noise here in the space so people can really understand and, and listen what needs to be said that time and uh, uh, this is a this is this is my favorite one i'm going to say the fourth one is service being a server when you become a leader when you are when you have a power and position choose to serve not to dominate so there are two kind of people in the world the, the people who love to dominate the people who love to serve the serving will never ever make you less it will always make you bigger people like gandhi like mandela like i mean mother Teresa. i mean they are they were all servers and look at their size look at their stature you know so what i'm saying be a servant be a server but not at the cost of your own self-respect and self-esteem. So you can always balance the serving and your self-respect and self-esteem at the same time, and you can integrate them. What I'm saying, be nice to the people who are weak to you. That will make you a bigger person. Treating weak people bad will never, ever make you a big person. It will make you a really small person. So this is the thing I would like to share uh, to people and in Wish you all the best, and uh, I wish you like all the success and uh, in your journey, in your quest, and in your endeavors, whatever you're doing in your life, and be positive. Well, if people want to connect with you, is there? Do you have a website or um, a way, a place they can look at you and your background and what your services? Yeah, my website is is about to go on air. So it's already it's already there. So the name of the website you can you can write down and you can check the website like probably in two weeks time. So it's called the RightPathLeadership.com is my website. So that website will be having uh, some more information about the kind of work I do. And if someone wants to connect uh, to me directly or would like to have a sample session, so the information is going to be available there. So is it a right path? leadership or just right path it's called www.rightpathleadership.com 
rightpathleadership.com. And R-I-G-H-T for yeah, right. Yeah, right path. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Rightpathleadership.com. Yeah. Well, Cameron, I just want to share with you the impact our conversation has had on me. And for the listeners, they don't know that we got to, I got to have extra long time with you because Cameron and I um, did some catching up before this interview, but I always feel like so much more grounded and like at peace with things when we talk. And just, I feel this sense of clarity and, um, like hope just to continue to follow my heart and do what I'm doing. And, um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for sharing yourself with me and your time. And really it was very, um, valuable and insightful to have this conversation with you. So thank you. You're welcome. I I always love a conversation with you, Catherine. Uh, since the day I met you, um, uh, before our retreat started, I met you in a hotel, you know, uh, and then since then until now, it has been a great journey. And I feel so honored and so blessed to have you because you have such a compassion in all, you know, the values I was talking like, you know, the compassion, clarity, courage. I mean, you got all of it. Aww. You're really honoring that in your life. So uh, this is great, you know, and I really, I really respect and um, uh, appreciate your presence in my life and in, in other people's life. And you are a true inspiration. You are changing the world. And this is so great. So keep changing the world. Keep doing the cool stuff. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to Coaching with Catherine. If you like this podcast, please show us your support by leaving a review in iTunes or Google Play. It helps us so much and helps others to find the show. You can also visit me at www.coachingwithkatherine, spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E.com or on Facebook to learn more about me and the work I do. Thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.